Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage, but before we do, Eric, do you have some news? I got some big news. We are two episodes away from our one-year anniversary episode. Celebratory noises. It's going to be a big deal, everyone. A big deal. Yes. It is. How big of a deal? <laughs> it's going to be so big. Hey, everyone out there, you can actually be a part of the one-year anniversary episode. Here are two ways that you can actually join us in the podcast studio. One of these ways is not going to be to physically join us. We're not telling you where the studio is. Nope. It's a secret location. Sorry. But you can email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Mm-hmm. That goes to our producer, Caitlin. And we would love to hear from you on a few things. First, where and when do you listen to this podcast? In your car, in the bathtub, while you're mowing the grass? We'd love to hear that. Second, we'd love to hear about your favorite moments from the first year of the Bible Savvy podcast. If anything sticks out to you, made you laugh, was insightful for you. And then third, how has the podcast, if it has at all, helped you in your Bible reading. We would love to hear these things. So you can email us once again at what email address, Clayton? Podcast at BibleSavvy.com. He nailed that with his smooth Stephen B. Stevens voice. (laughs) He used his Bible reading voice for that email address. Or you can email us a sound clip and we might, we just might actually play your voice saying whatever it is that you say mm-hmm. on the one-year anniversary episode. Now, here's the deal. If you email us a sound clip of your thoughts, it has to be an MP4. What does it have to be, Nikki? An MP4. If they don't send us send it to us in an MP4, what are we going to do with it? We're not going to play it. No, yeah, nothing. Nothing at all. We're just going to delete it because <laughs> yeah. it's going to be useless to How us. How long does it have to be, though, Eric? Well, you know, if someone rambles for like three or four minutes, there is no way that we are going to play that. So uh, you want to keep it to about 30 seconds. That's probably pretty good, pretty good target. So you can email us. You can just write clickety-clack of a keyboard Mm -hmm. uh, on your thoughts from the first year of (laughs) you guys going to laugh at (laughs) clickety-clack. 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 Or or typewrite. (laughs) Send us an audio file in MP4. Uh, and perhaps you will join us for the one-year anniversary episode. If you don't know what an MP4 is, just don't even bother. No. Just, just go ahead and, and just write an email to us. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's how people can join us for the one-year episode. We're going to have a lot of fun. It is going to be fun. We're going to uh, gonna have some, like, best lines of the year, and we're going to talk about what it's been like over the first year as we've been doing this podcast together, and it's going to be a retrospective. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Two episodes away. Not this episode. Not the next episode. But the one after that? That's when that is. It's coming. It's, <laughs> yep. a, it's, it's a coming. <laughs> All right. So, guys, um, before we dive into this passage, okay, I feel like there's one more other thing that we need to talk about. So, Clayton, you know, w- we've been kind of like chronicling your tea adventures here. Yeah. Right? So a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, you know, uh, Eric brought in 
some tea that he grew in uh, his yard, the yard that he piddles in. And he brought brought me this tea and it was dried out and in baggies so that it looked very suspicious I'm, as I'm carrying these this little baggie of, of green leaves. It was okay. Around. It was fine. It was fine. Um, and I tried it. It was very good. So I mentioned this on uh, on the podcast and my mother heard it. And so uh, just, you know, the other day, I'm over at her house and she's like, Clayton, I, I've got, I've got uh, mint plants growing in my yard and I heard you can make tea, but I don't know what to do. Once I, do I have to dry it? What do I do? The next time you talk to Eric, you need to ask him. That's right now, by the way. <laughs> so Eric, what, what does my mom need to do with her plants? This is unbelievable that I'm giving Clayton's mom tea advice on the Bible Savvy podcast. <laughs> All right, so uh, Clayton's mom, there's a few things you can do. So first, you could just go out into your yard and you could clip a stem of those mint leaves and just come on inside, just get a glass of ice water and just put the whole sprig of mint. Don't even pull the leaves off. Just take the whole, the whole sprig, put it in your water, and you will have refreshing mint water, just like infusing it with any, anything else. I love how you said now, sprig. It is a sprig. I, yeah, That's what it is. I wouldn't have known that. Mm. Well, you do now. I do. This is the Bible Savvy Podcast, continuing to help people in all aspects <laughs> of their lives. If you actually want to make tea, like boil water, make like tea, then you cut whatever you need to cut, bring it inside, rinse it off because, you know, bugs and stuff, dirt, dust, all that. So you wash it, and then you just pluck off all the leaves, and you can do one of two things. Just, you can either just lay out paper towels on your counter and just spread them out, and over the course of like two days, they will just shrivel and dry up, and you want to give them enough time so that they're pretty dry. Or you can put them in your oven. I believe it's at like 200 degrees, and you can just put them in your oven for like an hour. And just Now, you don't want to cook them, bake them, burn them, so it's very low temperature, and you just dry them out that way. And then you just smash them up, put them in a Ziploc bag, and there you go. That's how you do it. Nice. This has been Teas and Herbs with Eric Ferris. <laughs> we, have a, we have a new segment. So, so when, we, when we track how we are ranking in certain demographics on the podcast, uh, we, were re- we were ranking really high with men between 25 and 40 years old when we were talking a lot about urinating in the yard. <laughs> oh, really really then, good with, then, with, with four and five-year-olds, too. Then, then, yeah, probably, but they're not listening. <laughs> then when the conversation switched to tea, making tea, Clayton drinking tea, me growing tea, we fell off a cliff with the 25 to 40-year-old men, and we are now skyrocketing in, in our demographic rankings with women 60 and over. <laughs> <laughs> and this now ends our, uh, our segments of just, you know, random that conversations. Was, uh, uh, and is, let's, that a, is that an actual segment now? N- well, I mean, it's, it's it a thing. Some, it was, it it's is definitely a thing. a thing. Okay. All right, so let's talk about the passage that we're going to jump into. All right, we're in Romans chapter 12. Uh, and so we're always starting the comma method with context, which is the C in the comma method. And once again, when we're talking about context, we are talking about two kinds of context. Historical context, which just means background information, cultural context, who wrote it, who are they writing to, what was going on, just all of the stuff that gives you... Uh, ready? Context for what you're reading. Uh, then there's also literary context, so which means both, like, what are you reading? Like, what is the style of the genre that you're reading? And then, like, just remembering the flow of thought, okay? So remember, Romans is a letter. That's the genre, so it's pretty straightforward in terms of what's going on. Paul's writing to believers in Rome. And in the first half of Romans chapter 12, 
uh, Paul is giving some coaching on how to live out the Christian life and how to live out the Christian life with each other. And so what he's coaching them towards is that their act of worship is to present their whole selves as a living sacrifice. So don't think of it just as the act of like bringing a sacrifice or in our in our in our world, it would be like, don't just think of worship as coming to the church and singing songs, but think of how you live your life, the, your whole life, as your spiritual act of worship. And so he's talking about how they're interacting with each other, and essentially he's saying, you've been gifted to do certain things, so do those things and do them really well, because we need, everyone needs each other to be doing the thing that they are gifted by God to do with all of their energy and all of their intention to do those things really well. And when we're all doing what we're good at, then all of us benefit from that. Then he moves on in the second half of Romans chapter 12, which is what we are about to read. So Clayton is going to read, starting in verse 9, the rest of Romans chapter 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful, what to, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. All right, so we move on to the O in the comma method, which is observation. What do you observe in this text? There is so much practical in this text. Like, love in action is like that little, that little, uh, what's it called? Like, like a, the heading. The heading, yeah. you know what I mean, of this passage, and it's so practical. If... I feel like if you opened this up every day and you looked at it and you said, okay, I'm going to be attentional about like, I don't know, a handful of these things. I, I bet your day would probably look a lot different um, if you had these things in mind as you were talking with someone, um, as you were going, going about just your, your day from start to finish. I feel like our days would look so much different if we intentionally practice this every single day. It's just so practical. When I, I compare this chapter to the things we've been reading up until this point in Romans, R Romans is a heady book. Like there's a lot of ideas and, and just big concepts and massive things. And then all of a sudden, it just like, it's incredibly practical. It's, that's it's so true. It feel, you feel it even more in contrast with, with what's come before. Um, what I see here are uh, a number of uh, kind of uh, uh, contrast between like what maybe what our instinct would be and what we ought to do. Um, so there's the, the contrast between hating what is evil and clinging to what is good. Uh, there's bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. There's these kind of uh, don't repay evil for evil. Um, you know, it's the, these things that you say, my, my gut reaction is probably to do some of these things. 
but I, I ought to do the alternative to that. So there's the, the contrast there. Yeah, that's exactly what I was I was thinking is the counterintuitive nature of some of this coaching. Uh, yeah, blessing those who persecute you. Mm, that's normally not our, our first fleshly reaction. Uh, repaying e- Don't repay evil for evil. You know, mo- most, most of us just in our sinful nature, in our flesh, would say, no, you've hit me. I'm hitting you back. Uh, or some of the other ones, uh, where did it go? Uh, patient in affliction. Yeah. We're not always great at that. Faithful in prayer to just constantly be going back to our prayer lives. We're not always great at that. So sometimes it is when we're being coached about something in the Bible, normally we need the coaching because we don't do, <laughs> we don't do it. Yeah. We don't do the things. Not, that's why you need natural. a coach, right? You're just being reminded of the stuff that's important. So I, I'm observing the counter, in some ways, the counterintuitive nature of uh, living well as a citizen of God's kingdom. What else do you guys see? I, I see things here where it really requires looking at other people and recognizing them like as as human beings with with lives and needs. So you see things like honor one another above yourselves. Like you've got to actually get a little bit out of yourself and see another person to say, this is something I want to honor in them. Or you you uh, share with uh, people who are in need. Like you've got to see other people's needs. Or um, when it talks about uh, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, you've got to see someone else's emotional state and the, the situations they're in and, and say, I'm going to get out of me and I'm going to connect with that other person and what their situation is. Yeah. It's, it's considering people and communicating with them and collaborating with them in life and celebrating those. Like, look, even, even like, like rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I think sometimes like it's easy to rejoice with people when they're rejoicing about some t- something but even like sometimes it actually sometimes it's hard for certain people to rejoice if other people are rejoicing when they themselves are not feeling very good about their life circumstances or whatever you know like some sometimes there's that that enviness or that jealousy you know what i mean that that creeps in or mourning with people people don't like to be sad like if you're mourning like well, i'm sorry that you're mourning but i'm probably not going to enter into that fully but that's a big part of just collaborating in life with people that verse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, has actually been a verse that I've been memorizing. Remember I told you about the near journal I use? Yeah. And there's scripture memory, and then there's an area over 90 days that you work on. And so I think I said this in a previous episode that I've been working on empathy. And so I've been memorizing, rejoice with those who rejoice. It's, it's not very easy. <laughs> it's, I gave myself a tough one. Good job, Eric. <laughs> and I did it, everyone. I did it, I did it. Um, but it, it's profound yeah. in terms of empathy and connecting with people and really entering in to really... So I, I've been watching, like, what are people celebrating? Mm. And then celebrating it with them, because normally it's just like, well, it's not a big deal to me. But man, that is so great. Like, when I, when I try to get myself to say, like, that is so great. That must be so fun. Or you must be so proud. Or the reverse, like, man, that that really stinks. That is terrible. I am so sorry that you are dealing with that. Like just the ability to take a few steps in yeah. um, gives you a different perspective on people. And it does, like Clayton just said, it gets you out of yourself and makes you, and makes you more others focused. So that has been a, it's been a profound, as, as simple as that verse is, it's been pretty profound for me over the last uh, 60 to 90 days. I, I like this one. Verse 18, if it is possible, 
as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Like there's all these straightforward statements and then, and then all these, you know, this one has some preambles attached to it. If it's possible, as far as it was in your power, right? So obviously what he's saying is it's not going to be possible that you're going to live at peace with every single human being. But as far as it's within your control, make every effort. Um, yeah, that, don't, don't make it that you're the reason it's not happening. Yeah. You know? And then I feel like he follows it up in verse 19 with, and maybe for those who that you, you can't get along with, like, don't take revenge on them. Like, let God yeah. handle that. Like, I don't know if you're that's... You're right. Yeah, I, you're right. Like, it, that, it feels like that's what he's saying there, you know? You're right. Those are, those are somewhat connected, right? Because if I am doing my very best to live at peace with someone and it's just not possible, obviously they're doing something that is probably bringing hurt to my life, pain to my life, confusion to my life, annoyance to my life, and the temptation to then try to take revenge or repay evil for evil is going to be huge. I think those are connected. So let me, let me ask a question here about that part, because the, the reason Paul says not to get, get revenge, he says, but leave room for God's wrath, because it's his job to avenge. He says, God's going to repay. So, you know, I hear the part of like, don't repay evil for evil. And I'm like, oh, that's so, so like kind and gracious or whatever. But it, it feels a little funny that the reason is because God's going to get him. You know, like w- what do we do with that notion? I know there's a lot of people who they, they think about God and say, well, wait, God's, God gets angry and he punishes people and he's out to get people. Like what, what, what does that mean? You know, what do we do with that? What do you guys do with that? Uh, I have had several instances in my life where I have had to remind myself that God is the ultimate judge of everything. And there is a such thing, there is such a thing as God's wrath and God's judgment. We all answer to God. There is also God's forgiveness. And I just have to remind myself one of two things is going to be true about everybody. They're either going to experience God's judgment or they're going to experience his forgiveness. Either way, I'm good. I have to tell myself that, right? Like, it, it's not my job to judge. It's not my job to bring justice. It's not my job to make everything right. That's God's job. So if someone has brought pain to my life or they've done something that I think they might be getting away with, I forgive them in my own heart, and I say, God, I release them to you. One of two things is going to happen. They're either going to experience your judgment or by your kindness and your mercy through your Holy Spirit, they are going to repent come to their senses, experience forgiveness and cleansing, in which case, great, that's great too. Now, where the problem comes in is if you don't want that for them. Yeah. Right? That, that's where you know you really have a bitterness issue is if you're like, I don't, I don't want them to be forgiven. But then you have to come to terms with the fact that we all need God's forgiveness. So that's what I do with it. Yeah, the thought process is the same for me. Yeah, but whether or not I do a great job of it every time is a, is another thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is kind of one of those things like, yeah, well, you know, I know that I have to give that to God and uh, I might let it linger a little bit longer than what I should. You know what I mean? But I think eventually I get there. It just, I think it takes me sometimes a little bit longer than I'd like. My father used to travel a lot for his job. And so he'd be gone a week at a time, two weeks at a time. And one of the things my mom used to say if we were misbehaving is, you want me to tell your father when he gets home? We were like, uh, no. <laughs> That's why she would ask us. Um, and I, I, I think some in the same terms, like my, what my mom is saying, I can turn this over to your father. And he's got all the authority, right? It's not going to go well for you if I tell your father. 
And as much as I don't want to paint God as a mean ogre, sometimes I have to tell myself, I'm turning this over to the Father. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And God's got what God needs to handle anybody, any situation, any circumstance. So I just always tell myself, I'm turning it over to the Father. I'm making the choice. That's the other thing that I think we all need to embrace is forgiveness or turning things over to God is a choice. You normally don't feel like it. Eventually, your feelings might catch up with the choice. But forgiveness is a choice. If you can get the words to come out of your mouth in your prayer time, God, this person has brought pain to my life, annoyance to my life, inconvenience, whatever those things are that are real. I'm not, I'm not dismissing those things. They're real. So I'm not saying it's, yeah, it's not a big deal. No, I'm saying it's actually a really big deal. And I'm putting them in your hands, God. I'm taking them out of my hands. I'm putting them in your hands to either experience your justice and your judgment or your mercy and your forgiveness. Either way that goes, I'm putting them in your hands and I forgive. I'm letting it I'm letting it go so that I'm not held in bondage anymore. I don't want to be chained to that thing anymore. So in some ways doing that is setting you free from the circumstance or the person. Yeah, so I find it so helpful to think well what's the alternative? Like the alternative is me trying to take things into my own hands and the the, the odds of me getting it right are very low. You know what I mean that this isn't going to cause more damage at you know a, a greater spiral of of payback and so on. Uh, whereas God, he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, he's not going to get it wrong. Like, no one's going to get to the end and be like, oh, God, you didn't take care of that, you know? So that's good. <laughs> what about, okay, well, I got another question. What about this weird quote? Okay, so there's uh, there's a quote here from the Old Testament. The footnote says it's from Proverbs, but it says, okay, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And the result is this, you will keep burning coals on his head. What? What does that even mean? I mean, it sounds, it sounds like, <laughs> look, I did this nice thing, but really what you're going to get is pain, you know? Yeah, I did these nice things to trick you. Mm-hmm. It's really going to bring, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. That is perplexing. So let's look at it for a few moments. Um, so as we say often on the podcast episode, look at the formatting. It is, it is formatted differently. It's got quotes around it, which tells you it's a quote, right? And then you have the little footnote that tells you where it is coming from. It's coming from Proverbs. And then, of course, we always recommend a good study Bible. So if you go down, you can look down in the, in the study notes in your study Bible, and normally a confusing verse like this would likely have some kind of explanation. So uh, Clayton, in the study yeah. Bible you have open, does it have anything? So it says, uh, doing good to one's enemy instead of trying to take revenge may bring about their repentance, which honestly is not a great explanation. But here's what's helpful is it says, see the note on Proverbs 25, 22, which is what it's quoting. So I flip back here. Proverbs 25, 22 says this. Uh, it, it says, you know, could talk about uh, punishment reserved for the wicked. Um, it says it, kindness will that will... Uh, perhaps win him over. And then it says, alternatively, the expression may reflect an, an Egyptian ritual in which the guilty person, as a sign of repentance, carries a basin of glowing coals on their head. The meaning here then would be that in returning good for evil and being so kind to your enemy, you may cause him to repent or change. So that's, that's a suggestion there. It's a little uncertain, but it gives some sense that this might be an idiom in that culture, some image from that culture. In, in either case, we don't repay evil for evil. We don't take revenge. Rather, we do the counterintuitive thing, which is 
If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And the result will be one of two things. They will either experience God's judgment or they will come to their senses and repent. Either way, you've done your part as a citizen of God's kingdom. Yeah. Right? So uh, sometimes when you read, even when you read explanations in like the study notes of your Bible, it's really not super satisfying. You know, like (laughs) it doesn't bring like, for those of us that really love to know like every detail, like give me like, close the case, tell me definitively. A lot of times what you'll find out is, um, it may mean this, or he might be referring to this, or some scholars think this, right? But it doesn't change, I mean, two things here, it doesn't change the overall flow of thought, what Paul is saying, even if you can't fully explain to every detail definitively what how that phrase is being used, bur- heaping burning coals on their head. The meaning of what's really being art- articulated and communicated isn't lost on us. Um, and the other thing is, there's an awful lot in Romans chapter 12 you do understand. And so every once in a while you come across something that you can't fully understand, don't be so frustrated by that because the more you read the Bible, the more things are colored in. All right, let's move on to the first M in the comma method, which is message. What message can we draw from this text today? Uh, mine was to serve and love others well. Uh, I'm going to say, see the people around you in all the ways that we talked about, to actually you know, see their needs, see what they're doing well, see their pain, see their, see their joy, see the people around you. Wow, you guys are your your message is very application ish today. It's it's one as, of those as kind if of you have it's as true. if you have leapt right to the A. It's, it's true. Uh, so my message is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I promise everybody when we do these podcasts, we legit open up and just go through the comma method, and uh, this is what we do in community groups and small groups and wherever you're listening from, you could get a bunch of believers together and read the Bible and have these conversations. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to one of connected to one of my observations, which is citizens of God's kingdom, those who follow Jesus. Um, there's a somewhat counterintuitive way that we are to live. Uh, and our first instinct, which is normally either sinful or our flesh as opposed to being led by the Spirit, um, is normally not the right way. And so the, the list of behaviors reminds me uh, the counterintuitive ways that we, we live as citizens of God's kingdom. All right, moving on to the second M in the comma method, which is meditation. Uh, we take 45 seconds during the podcast to prayerfully ponder the message of the text uh, and by the way, we give 45 seconds on the podcast because it's only a 30-minute podcast. But when you're at home, you can take all kinds of time, right? What we, are, what we are demonstrating for you is to connect your prayer life with your Bible study life is a really good thing to do uh, because the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, helped author the book that you're reading, could possibly give you insights and thoughts as you're praying through it and thinking about it. So it's a, it's a way to say, uh, it's a way to explore the scriptures and invite the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. So uh, 45 seconds in the podcast. Uh, let's go with mine since I'm comma guy today. Uh, there is a counterintuitive, there are counterintuitive behaviors when it comes to being citizens of God's kingdom. So right now, take 45 seconds and ponder this. If God was going to put his finger on 
something that you do instinctively that might be the opposite of the, the right way to go forward, what might that be? All right, application. What is our application today? Well, I I think I am going to because I I I'm both thinking about what's counterintuitive to my instincts and my the the message I had of seeing other people. Um, I get I get stuck in my own head, and I get you know if I'm busy with something, I kind of get moving on it, and I'm kind of like in my in my zone, and that means that very often I can just travel through a situation just thinking about where I'm going, and rather than stopping and like seeing and acknowledging the people around me and in some ways like anticipating that and saying, I'm going into a situation. I'm going to go in a meeting. I'm going to go walk into my house. I'm going to, you know, be with people in this way to, to prepare myself to say, when you go into this, make sure you see and engage people where they're at, not just be thinking about yourself. So that's that kind of uh, preparatory work of saying, I'm not going to do my instinct. I'm going to engage with people uh, more meaningfully than that. Um, mine was just to kind of evaluate, um, how I'm doing in this area. I, I just pointed back earlier that if I, if I open this up on a day-to-day basis, maybe at the beginning of the day or at the end, in the, and at the end of the day to say, how did I do in some of these things? Um, I think the part that it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, uh, live at peace with everyone. I think that's, that's probably one of those things where, um, I could probably work a little harder in uh, the depending on me part is one that I can probably I can try I can try harder with certain people and in certain situations um, to live at peace or to love and to serve other people better instead of just quickly moving past or moving forward when things get hard or when things get difficult um, that is one area that is I have a tendency to just push past and so maybe if I slow down and I say no I can I can be loving and serving other people well if I slow down in this area that's that's mine. Mine is the train ride that I've been on that I've already referred to about rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn uh, to intentionally try to enter into people's experience um, as a way of developing empathy so um that's just been what I've been working on. So that's what's in my head. And we're reading Romans 12. So that is my application. Awesome. Well, Clayton, you uh, want to give people an update on the upcoming Bible Savvy Workshop? Yeah. So uh, in a, just a few days here at the beginning of next week, we're going to be starting the book of Joshua as uh, part of the reading plan. And whenever we get to uh, either a particularly challenging book or most of the books of the Old Testament where um, some uh, l- people are less familiar with it in detail, uh, we like to do these workshops where we spend uh, about two hours and we go over uh, all the things you might need to know about that book as you're entering into reading it. So we're going to do that with Joshua on September 23rd. And so if you want to be a part of that, we're going to have it both in person and uh, streamed online. Uh, you can be a part of that workshop and you can go to BibleSavvy.com to 
register for that. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Before we, we, we go, we just want to remind you again, the one-year anniversary is coming up. So write in, share those things with us, send us in a video clip. at No, pod- not a video clip. Not a video clip. Sorry, do, sorry, listen, sorry, sorry, not a video clip. We don't want video clips. Shh, I, I repeat, I repeat, we do not want video clips. It's an MP4 clip. MP4. That's an audio file. Audio file. If you Sound don't know clip. that, if you don't know that, don't try to send us an MP4. <laughs> send us stuff at podcast at biblesavvy.com you can also uh, download the po- that download the reading schedule <laughs> can I? what? yeah they can <laughs> hey, what's that the, one year, the one year anniversary episode is only two episodes away y'all so like if you're thinking of submitting something you gotta do it now you gotta, you gotta get on that the clickety clack of the keyboard and the, send us in your thoughts <laughs> favorite being moments of the typewriter <laughs> typewriter all right. They could type it out on an old school typewriter, then scan it, then email us the file. But don't take a video of yourself. Don't take doing a video of, of you doing it because we won't take we that. Won't use it. That's right. We won't use it. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Join us next Monday. If you're not reading along to the pod, not reading along to the Bible Savvy reading schedule yet, then why are you listening to you this podcast? You can go to BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. Eric's got me all like. Discombobulated. Don't blame your failure to close out the podcast on me. Friends. It's your job. Join us next week. We'll see you. Bye-bye.